Welcome to the podcast from the Temple. I'm Rabbi Peter Berg. And I'm Rabbi Lauren Filson Lapidus. This episode is brought to you by the Temple, Atlanta's oldest and youngest synagogue. Usually we record this podcast via Zoom because that's easier with COVID protocols and such. And this is the first time in a few months that we are recording with me and my laptop as the, uh, the source. It's been a long time. Yeah, so long, in fact, that when I opened up the laptop and opened up the, the audio program, the last episode was responding to the events in Colleyville, Texas. And it was a little eerie because here we are talking about Uvalde, Texas. Really, it is hard to believe. And yet there are so many instances of, of gun violence that it happens every day, every single day. It was only a couple of weeks ago that we were doing the publicity for this Friday, June 3rd, and talked about Wear Orange Shabbat. And then we had two major mass shooting events, one in Buffalo and one in Uvalde, that now put an even finer point on, on the need for this observance. So Peter, this is a huge area of activism for you and our congregation. So tell us a little bit about it. It is. In fact, it's it's you know one of the areas where um, the Temple Board of Trustees, this goes back a number of years now, has actually weighed in where it's not just you know, rabbis, freedom of pulpit, giving giving sermons and speaking out, but where the board of trustees has an official uh, position. Uh, we took that position. It goes back uh, almost 13, 14 years now uh, when the state legislature was going to pass a uh, guns in churches bill. I forget the official name. Uh, and our congregation, along with pretty much every house of worship of every denomination of every religion uh, was obviously opposed to it for, for every obvious reason. And, and our board uh, took a position so that we could go to the state legislature and lobby with the full force of the temple's name behind us. But, but here we are, you know, it's just how many, this is, I think the fourth largest gun massacre in, in a, in a school in, in us history, but we've seen, so many Parkland, Columbine. I mean, here we are again. It's 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 just hard to wrap your hands around. We were trying to explain uh, a little bit of what happened to our 11 year old, and she said, "How could an 18 year old get a gun?" That yeah. does seem to be a question for our time. Yeah, I mean, the the simple truth is, anyone can get a gun for a few dollars anywhere, anytime, any place for just a few dollars. There's nothing that stops anybody from getting a gun. Right. He couldn't buy alcohol. He could barely vote. He couldn't rent a car on his own. He couldn't do any number of things, but he can buy a gun. He can buy a gun. And there just, there is, uh, even though 80 to 90% of the U.S. population believes that there needs to be some restrictions in place just as there are to drive a car, you name it, um, there just is no movement. It just is a complete standstill. Although I have seen now some kind of bipartisan group of legislators coming together that say they're going to finally enact some kind of something. And then Elijah arrives. Right. Um, I feel like there's not even completely clear consensus in the Jewish community on this issue. To me, it's sort of, it's a little, I, I don't know as a good comparison is to immigration, but I think that there are some political issues where there are certain universal ideas that everyone can get behind, but then the there are other shades that are harder to figure out. So like, for example, I think everyone agrees that we should not 
that our children should be safe in their schools and people should not be able to just walk in and shoot people. But the question of whether people should be allowed to carry guns seems to be more controversial than it used to be. Right. Right. Of course, the question is, is is school safer by giving teachers guns or is school safer by having less guns on the street and less access for certain people to get a hold of guns? Right. That's that's the question. A few years ago, uh, Cantor Hartman, back when we were doing these um, like clergy field trips, she arranged for us to go to a shooting range. And when she planned it, I I think she was least likely to ever have chosen such a thing. But when asked, she said, you know, we we talk about gun safety and gun control. And, you know, I've never even held a gun. So I feel like we should have this experience. So that way, when people tell me I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, and it was an interesting I, I mean, really completely freaked me out the idea that, you know, you could kill someone. We're not we're not anti-gun. We're anti-gun violence. There's a big difference. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a big difference. I mean, to be fair, I it's hard for me to envision a scenario of having a gun in my home um, just for a variety of reasons, not the least of which it's you're more likely to shoot someone you know and love uh, than an intruder. Um, I think I'll stick with the baseball bat methodology. Yeah. But but I do understand that there is a time and place. Um, you know, my dad of blessed memory used to fish. I understand that for some people hunting, you know, and it, that requires rifles and certain things, but assault weapons and yeah. 18 year olds accessing guns. And just the idea also, the idea that school is not safe. Church is not safe. Yeah. Synagogue is not safe. Guess what? In Buffalo, we were reminded that even going to the supermarket is not safe. Yeah. When you, when, you know, I, I've used this analogy many times, but I, I believe it. This is not a political issue. It's a religious issue. And the religious component of it is idolatry. And when, when people are using semi-automatic guns and, and uh, AR-15s, and that's, that's idolatry. There's, there's, the people are worshiping guns and that's, uh, when it when it, when it comes to issues of of uh, idolatry, it then becomes a religious issue, and we have to get involved. I feel like this issue is so longstanding that I just turn back to the same sources. I mean, how many times can we quote Pikuach Nefesh um, yeah. and saving a life or protecting our children? Um, have you added any new texts or ideas to the vocabulary, or do you just kind of go back to the same tradition? Uh, I mean, there, there's obviously Which there's nothing wrong with that. right. There's a, there's, look, there's always there's always a new take and a new twist. But the truth of the matter is, it's the same old thing is happening over and over again, and it just requires a sustained re- response. We we can't give up. We have to, and it's hard every time to say we're doing this again. We're resending something to our congregation. We're getting people mobilized. There's another march. There's another, but you know. When people are dying, we we have no choice but to respond. We have no choice but to respond. Uh, and sure, we can find new texts and new ways to explain things and try to get the message across, uh, because you know clearly our elected officials are, are not get are not getting it. You know, they're, they're watching pictures of of young children covered in blood, and it's not stopping them. So uh, we have to we have to keep doing our thing. Amen. I said to the bar mitzvah on Saturday, because, you know, Heather's that moment between, um, you know, the first part of the service and then, you know, we kind of give them a little bit of a blessing slash introduction to the Torah service. And then they come up and teach and read and become B'nai Mitzvah. And so I said to the bar mitzvah this year or this week, 
I wish we were giving you a better world. Yeah. Like I, but what I have to give you, what we have to give you is community and Torah and, yeah. and hope that you can use it the way it needs to I'm be I'm into that. You know, th- th- and this one was was particularly disturbing because the response from the police department was was just so incompetent. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not their fault that it happened in the first place, but what a, what a horrifically incompetent response! I cannot imagine what it would have been like to be a parent watching from no, outside. I, I mean, it's horrific. And, you know, as I was reading newspaper articles about it, and, and, you know, there were commentaries talking about this whole run-hide fight. We have done how many rapid response, active shooter drills? We time. do them now. For, the idea that even for a religious school, we have to do active shooter drills. You know, we, we've we done a lot to be ready, and God forbid. Yeah. So... But I, I just want to encourage our... I encourage our folks, our, our listeners and our members, to not stop and to not let up. This is a time when we have to be loud and we have to be vocal and we have to make our voice heard. Otherwise, it's just the blast of guns that, that that's all that will be left. Yeah. Um, if you are not with us, please check your, uh, your community organizations and synagogues. There are a lot of things happening. And uh, look on the Temple's website and emails for resources about how to talk to your children and how to get involved. Absolutely. And we will create a better world for our children because they deserve nothing less. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the podcast from the Temple. Where we inspire lives. And please God, transform our world. Transform our world.